You're listening to Nostalgia Be Damned. Hello, everybody. My name is Zach. I'm Brandon. A.K.A. DJ Judge Reinhold. <laughs> oh, Scott Calvin must become Santa. No ifs or ands, just one big butt. <laughs> Uh, you're listening to Nostalgia Be Damn, the show where we take some of your favorite movies that you feel nostalgic about and we uh, kind of look back at them and see if they hold up from a critical standpoint and let you know if they're worth being nostalgic for. This week we watch 1994's holiday family comedy, The Santa Claus, with an E, which I think is partially responsible for me not knowing how to spell Santa's last name for much of my childhood. Yeah, screwing up spelling and grammar for uh, kids young and old uh, for decades now. We have John Pasquin to thank for that. That's the film director. He also brought us a whole bunch of television episodes. Wouldn't you know it? A lot of home improvement and over 70 episodes of Tim Allen's Last Man Standing. Jesus Christ. As the following feature films, Jungle to Jungle... Joe Somebody, and mm-hmm. here's the, the plot twist, Miss Congeniality 2, Armed and Fabulous. So uh, what you're saying is he's the hardest working, best director in Hollywood. I wish we had a thousand John Pasquins. Unfortunately, we're left with one who seems to really enjoy working with Mr. Tim Allen. Before we get into a little background here, man, what you what were your thoughts on Tim Allen back in the 90s, this movie? Because you couldn't escape. There was a Tim Allen, you know, fever. We had Tim Allen fever. Yeah, I don't know. For I remember liking him when I was younger, but I can't for the life of you say why. I think it was because my grandmother used to watch Home Improvement a lot. And then I would just watch it with her. Oh, yeah. I watched a shit ton of that. Yeah, but, like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I remember every single episode of Home Improvement. It went one in one ear and out the other, so I couldn't tell you why I like Tim Allen. I can tell you as an adult, I'd rather not. <laughs> well, man, as a kid, I sure did love Home Improvement. I loved the voice, though. <laughs> yeah, I didn't love that. And uh, I was a big fan of Toy Story, obviously. Mm, Buzz Lightyear there it is, yeah. it was one of my favorite characters growing up, so I think that... With a combination of this movie, this this was hard to escape in the 90s around Christmas time, that's that's for sure. And it still is today, because this still plays in circulation on television networks uh, all the time. Yeah, and it's funny because I was thinking about this as I was watching it earlier today, and we usually like to start off a podcast where we talk about the first time we ever saw this movie or what this movie meant for us growing up. And I was trying to think back to it. I can't remember the first time I saw this movie. Obviously, it came out when I was two. So it's, you know... It's not something I would have seen in theaters, but it's just one of those films that's always just kind of been around, you know? It's like, oh, it's Christmas time, the Santa Claus will be on TV at one point. It was, it's so ingrained into my childhood that you're right, it, I, I similarly don't remember the first time, I just remember watching it many, many Christmases, it was one of the few VHS tapes that my family did have and put into circulation often. I can't quite say that I remembered it all that much watching it this time, like I must have seen this movie dozens of times in my childhood, but I haven't seen it in a good 15 years probably, at least, and so I, I, this was a movie that I stopped watching after I was 10, I think. <laughs> I think I've seen it a bit more recently recently i can't tell you why or how uh but i did remember a lot of what happened so this was more of like a refresher for me but man even then some of the things that i saw in this movie that are just now clicking 
we got a lot to talk about. Well, I we we really do, but I I didn't understand or know necessarily what critics thought of this movie because I knew that they didn't like the last two movies because in case Ia didn't know, the film was followed by two sequels, The Santa Claus 2, saw it in theaters in 2002, and The Santa Claus 3, The Escape Clause in 2006, uh I did not see and I've never seen and I'll probably never see. I've seen all three of them and I can tell you right Ooh. now. Uh, yeah, I know. And the third one I think I saw because it was a uh, it was a family movie outing and it was uh, time to go see something for the youngest child. So uh, I can I can confidently tell you skip all three. Ah, uh, yuck, man. That's third one. Well, the, third I'm one sorry. Skip, skip, skip the sequels, I meant to say. I was going to say, whoa, man, don't tip your hand. That's, you know, we keep that for the yeah, end. I don't want to tip my hand. Here, yeah. uh, the combined series, by the way, has earned close to a half a billion dollars worldwide. But what did it, what did critics think? Yeah, so this one here, first off, it cost $22 million to make. It earned $144 million in $1994 here in the U.S. and $189 million worldwide. It finished fourth. For the year of 1994, which could be still one of the best years of film ever. It followed uh, The Lion King, Forrest Gump, and True Lies. It also topped other competition for family films in 94, including The Flintstones, D2 The Mighty Ducks, the other other live-action The Jungle Book movie that no one ever talks about. Why would they? <laughs> exactly. Richie Rich, Blank Check, My Dad the Hero, The Page Master, which you can look up in our archives, and Three Ninjas Kick Back. Ooh, the prequel of which you can look back at on our, on our archives. <laughs> I, I gotta say, you said, uh, you said Mighty Ducks 2, and that uh, just kind of stuck in my head. I kind of tuned out because I'm just thinking about Mighty Ducks 2 now. Stay tuned for <laughs> fucking right, we'll Mighty do, Ducks yeah, 2. Yeah, we'll do some Mighty Ducks, all right? Oh, man. Uh, the Santa Claus has a 6.4 on IMDb and a certified fresh 74% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is a nightmarish thought. For one week in November of 1994, Tim Allen had the number one movie at the box office, the number one rated television, show Home Improvement and the number one New York Times best-selling book titled Don't Stand Too Close to a Naked Man. America was thirsty for a cool cup of T-Bone Allen. <laughs> oh my god, yeah we were. And to think, just Jesus. think of that fall from grace though because that guy was so damn popular and uh, you know, two decades later his show's getting cancelled because he's saying some pretty controversial things about politics. I don't know man, I feel like half of America loves this guy and he's back on the air. Like that show came back similar to, what was the other one, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, I know. I uh, I know people who watch that show who really enjoyed it. I so I've actually caught like an episode or two and uh, it's basically home improvement, but they replaced all the uh, young uh, sons with daughters. Sure. Well, I mean, I think Tim Allen is the Robert Downey Jr. comic of the 90s. He, he started off with, you know, some low points. For instance, Tim Allen has a criminal record, and Disney has a, a no hiring of ex-cons policy. However, an exception was made in this case because, again, in the early 90s, we, we were jonesing for some Allen. This was another thing I was thinking of. Uh, the, there's there's two realizations I, I kind of came to when I was watching this movie and again this isn't tipping my hand these are just things that i realized uh number one the 90s were fucking insane man anybody who says they miss the <laughs> 90s i need you to just kind of like think back what the 90s were really like uh, 
The 90s were fucking nuts, including our love for T-Bone Allen. And the second realization was, man, I don't know if Christmas movies are for me. Really? Yeah, I, I was thinking back because this, I guess, would have been one of my favorite Christmas movies growing up. And I tried to think of some other ones. And God, I can't. I, I just, I don't think I like... A lot of Christmas movies. Jingle All the Way, dude? Yeah, well, we did Jingle All the Way. You can, again, check that out in our archive. And uh, I I specifically remember not liking Jingle All the Way. Uh, Well, for the people crazy enough not to think Tim Allen was the perfect choice for this, this script, because, by the way, this was a hot commodity. People were chasing after this idea. This idea... Regardless of the film itself. It's a brilliant, cute idea. Yeah, a brilliant Christmas movie idea. Its execution leaves me with a lot of haunting questions. A lot of questions, (laughs) yes. A lot of issues. There was a lot of actors vying for this role. Uh, So originally... The role of Scott Calvin, Santa Claus, was written with Bill Murray in mind. However, after Ooh. reading the script and being offered the lead role, he declined, saying he didn't think it was his kind of humor. <laughs> Good on and you, you know bro. what? You know what? I'm totally going to agree with him because while I was watching the whole time, I was thinking I would love an R-rated remake of this movie. Oh, my God. I want one done like Jim Jarmusch style or something really stripped mm-hmm. down about the dark consequences of what this is happening. Or the body horror version with Cronin or something dude Ugh. yeah exactly there's just so many different ways this could have gone this could have been like a an adult like okay picture this movie and i might be pitching something bad but it it, it probably will sell in the theaters picture this movie r-rated seth rogan as scott calvin they're making a ryan reynolds produced stoned alone riff off of home alone at this point right now oh, <laughs> by the way this is it. the hollywood we're living in but if that can get greenlit yeah. Uh, you know, we need we need this version. We can get a Santa Claus starring Seth Rogen movie. Absolutely greenly. If you know what I mean, green because he smokes pot, Brandon. Marijuana. Michael J. Fox, Jim Carrey, Jeff Bridges, Michael Keaton, and Kurt Russell were all considered for the role of Santa Claus. Thankfully, Kurt Russell's dream came true, dude. The Christmas Chronicles, you watched it on Netflix yet, bro? No, I have not watched the Christmas Chronicles on Netflix <laughs> because, again, I don't really like Christmas movies that much. What about Elf? dude there are some good ones yeah i don't really like elf i don't really like elf Elf, i don't really like elf no i think elf is kind of weird oh my god i know we've dude i know we've selected next week's movie already but i'm kind of wishing elf maybe my we've got that's a movie that i feel is actually like maybe the last christmas classic produced but maybe i I could be watching it with nostalgia goggles dude who knows i mean you might be i just uh, like listen and i know we're getting off track here and we got a lot to cover so i don't want to go off too far but i think I think Elf is overrated. I think people think a lot of things in Elf are funny that I just don't. I I don't know. Maybe people hate me now. That's fine. You can hate me. I hate Christmas. Uh, War on Christmas. Uh, Whoa! Give, no! No! Yeah. No! 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 He just speaks for himself, not the entire. No! No! Uh, no! 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 Here. No! War on no. Christmas. We're part of the we mainstream media. No, we've we're had part of the mainstream media, and we Do have a war on up. Christmas. Uh, and lastly, Steven Spielberg, Joe Dante, Richard Donner, Ivan Reitman, John Hughes, Rob Minkoff, and Joel Schumacher will all considered to direct this film for some reason they landed on a first-time feature <laughs> Joel filmmaker Schumacher's. what those suits and costumes would look like oh my god santa nipples dude oh that would be a move now i kind of want that too fucking, god yeah it. we the fucking possi- missed out we missed out <laughs> the possibilities are endless with this concept but let's understand why this script was so hotly wanted <laughs> let's get into it dude the santa claus we open 
on and again the e god damn it it's clever but it truly strips me up to this day like when i'm spelling it or something which again is is often because i often write it in lipstick on mirrors and bathrooms or something but it still trips me up to this day also you can't read i cannot read that's the big that's probably the bigger issue at hand that's the big thing but i will not address it i've told you about that office christmas party before it was a thing but we're introduced to our lead fucking head honcho he's a hot shot toy salesman scott calvin get it because santa makes toys and scott calvin whose uh, initials are sc like santa claus he also makes toys <laughs> he's in what the marketing and distribution team he's in sales and everyone fucking loves him dude he's sleazy there's a real howard langston jingle all the way vibe here mm-hmm. immediately off the bat with even down to him leaving his job and lying about getting to where he's going um this whole like little traffic montage the difference being one was arnold schwarzenegger and this is tim allen Every man, Tim Allen. Right. And, you know, it's that classic Christmas cliche of a super successful, supportive father uh, being dragged down by his ex-wife and his shitty kid. (laughs) You know what? He works too damn much. Dad, stay home and talk with me. Yeah, look at this beautiful house you fucking afford with all this money. I want a turkey for Christmas. (laughs) I will say his son, Charlie, played by Eric Lloyd, who I think... I think is utilized in the sequels as well as the older version of this kid. I say he's the most tolerable at this age because he gets grading pretty quick. If I remember correctly in the Santa Claus two, by the way, so do the reindeer. I'm so glad they don't talk in this one. I was having missed memories, I guess of the second one where I kept oh, thinking that fucking talk the whole time. Yeah. They do like Rugrats, Tommy Pickles voice in the other ones. Ugh. Yeah. And uh, I, you know what? Something that kind of caught me off guard while we're talking about the reindeer fart jokes, dude. There are at least three in this movie that were just totally unexpected. Loving it. Whoa. Low-hanging fruit. Exactly. I loved it. Everyone loved it. That's why this remains the Christmas classic it is. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I will say, right off the bat, I do enjoy this uh, little montage, this setup montage. I like the way it's lit. It's dark. You can tell the shot actually out in snow. It's not fake bullshit snow, which comes in later on their set of a house. But here, he's driving through this town. There's a really creepy rendition of Carol of the Bells playing. And yeah, people shopping, window shopping. I like this setup a lot. It really reminds me of the Christmas feeling and... I feel cold. It, it, it's well It's well shot. Yeah, credit where credit is due, um, except for some CGI moments in this movie, the sets and a lot of the shooting, it's well done. I mean, this is a well put together movie for the most part. It is. And Scott is rushing, also lying on the phone about there being traffic and accidents. There are none. He's apparently late to get home to see his son. I believe this is Christmas Eve. He's picking up his, his ex-wife, Laura, uh, who is played by Wendy Crewson, her psychiatrist husband, Dr. Neil Miller, played by the incomparable Judge Reinhold. Not utilized enough in this movie. I needed more Judge Reinhold. <laughs> we always need more Judge Reinhold. Absolutely. But, yeah, he's he's really first established as kind of a deadbeat dad. His kid doesn't even want to spend the holiday with him. He's begging his mom to pick him up really soon. Yeah, but he's not a deadbeat dad. He's... He's super successful, though. He's not deadbeat. He's he's fucking like he's pulling. Look at the house he's look, living in. Look, success and money means nothing in these worlds, dude. This is the early '90s. Everyone's rich. Remember, it was the the economy was booming. Yeah, 
What was more important was maintaining the 1950s nuclear family values. This fucking drives me insane. This guy is post-divorce. He's paying child support. He's probably paying a fuck ton of alimony because he said his wife gets a better lawyer than him. But look at the house he's living in. It's like a six-bedroom fucking mansion in the middle of the suburbs in the city. Fuck this kid. Fuck this kid. I think you're turning into Tim Allen in real life right now throughout this podcast. I kind of Eventually am. you'll no, I, buy I, cocaine. And you know what? Stop eating avocado toast, you fucking millennials. <laughs> the coffee's too expensive. Uh, but so despite not believing in Santa, he's super pissed at Laura and Neil, who... Can we retire this joke, by the way, that's used several times in this movie, where he says he's a doctor because he's a psychiatrist, but he's like, no, you're not a doctor. They did that a lot in the 90s. Where they just diminish psychiatrists and dentists and all these people who've spent eight years in school. Yeah, anybody who spent eight to ten years in school, if they didn't fucking practice medicine, they weren't technically doctors. Yeah, but again, you know, Neil has told charlie that santa is more of a feeling rather than an actual person because charlie came home whining that some kid told him the real news you know that santa aka it's a fucking hoax which is uh great intuition by that bully at school uh fucking bash that nerd's christmas dreams Tim Allen's super pissed that he didn't wasn't consulted in destroying his child's, you know, childlike innocence. And he spends the rest of this little, you know, kind of sequence trying to convince his kid that Santa is real, despite him not believing that it's real. And this is the biggest problem that I have as an adult watching all of these Christmas movies, like with James Conn and Elf and all these different uh, authority figures or adults. They claim that they don't believe in Santa, but like... <laughs> who's putting the Christmas presents under the tree if you're not doing it? Like, what's what's happening? What delusion are they living under? I don't know. There's, you know, and that's, that's another problem with Christmas movies. They're kind of campy in nature because they ask you to sort of suspend your disbelief. We're also led to believe that Tim Allen can't operate an oven, so he, you know, plans this beautiful dinner and immediately sets the turkey on fire, and then he sprays it with this, you know, chemical, and then tries to feed it to his child and then they decide oh no well, let's go out and get well, some food okay that's the fucking situational genius of tim allen so and this is the best because they decide let's go out for takeout or whatever but all the places are closed obviously it's christmas eve but guess what is it dude denny's american institution denny and fucking that little kid complains about going to denny's dude have you ever i mean you and i have been to denny's you and i super say, late dude, how night. many times have we ended up at denny's either hammered or just you know loving life and being up later than you should be i would love denny's on christmas eve you little brat shut the hell up i would love denny's right now right now all right that's it for nostalgia be damn what you think dude <laughs> uh don't care let's go get denny's but what's really strange about the inside of this denny's is apparently on christmas eve only two groups of people go to denny's asians and dads who have fucked up their christmas dinners <laughs> that's my everyday denny's experience so <laughs> But yeah, it's uh, it's the saddest Denny's in the world because they're also out of, like, everything. They have no chocolate milk. They have no, like... Yeah, pie. They, anything that they're asking for, they're like, sorry, we're out of no it. No eggnog, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fucking worst Denny's in the world. Still better than anything. I don't know if you noticed, every single transition in the first, I think, 15 minutes of this movie does the ba-doom, ba-doom, ba-boom. It just keeps starting again and again, yeah. dude. Every single time they cut to a new location. It's really It's fun. like it's supposed to be a montage, but it's just like set pieces. Yeah, that night, uh, Charlie awakens to noise on the roof. 
And turns out, yeah, Santa, the real Santa, is on his roof about to drop off some presents. Tim Allen walks outside in his boxers and boots, dude, a real man's man, calls out to the guy on his roof, and wouldn't you know it, Santa falls to his fucking death. Yep, and uh, it's freaking hilarious. Uh, Santa's dead on the ground. Uh, everybody, every little uh, kid's Christmas is being smashed before everyone's eyes. It's pretty funny. He reaches down and he grabs a business card out of his... Uh, coat where it just says Santa Claus on it, at least to the naked eye. This is where this movie should become a John Grisham novel uh, because this is <laughs> a legal is thriller. Legal, yeah, yeah, this is legal entrapment. This is fucking ridiculous. He should call a lawyer. The only thing like written in any legible uh, ink is something that says, "If something should happen to me, put on my suit. The reindeer will know what to do." Nothing like read the fine print or check around the edges here, boy, before putting something on. It's very misleading, and I and a big problem I have with this movie is it really destroys the spirit of Christmas when you know the person who's performing all these good deeds is held hostage by some fucking legal technicality. <laughs> is essentially a slave because they never <laughs> men- mentioned compensation uh, for Tim Allen, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, him and what's the kid's name? Shithead? Charlie! Um, Charlie! Dad, you killed Santa! Yeah, him and Shithead Chucky climb up into the sleigh, <laughs> and uh, Tim Allen is just arguing with this kid the whole time. The kid essentially guilts him into putting on the Santa suit and then climbing down a chimney to start delivering toys to people. And if you're wondering, hey, is Santa's nude corpse just, like, chilling in the alley here? No, he just kind of suddenly disappears, which I also wonder, where did he go? Is there a fucking, like, body pile of dead Santas that all of them just land on top of where he disappeared to this nether dimension? What number Santa are we on? They don't discuss that. They also don't discuss Mrs. Claus in this one at all. Like, what happened to the previous version of her? He meets Mrs. Claus in in a sequel. Does Mrs. Claus die too at the same time, or does she just go on as a widow yeah. for eternity? The elves seem to like not give a shit when he gets back to the North Pole. Has this happened <laughs> a lot? Does this happen like every Christmas? They're like, oh, there's the new one, and they don't bother to explain to him. Like they're just like, you're the one in charge, man. I don't fucking know. It has to happen so often that they're all completely desensitized by the fact that they now have a new boss. It's like all the time this must happen. But Well, that's the Christmas turnover. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but before we get that, yeah, they're on the roof. And these, let's talk about the reindeer and the sleigh. No, so the reindeer have these not. like animatronic faces and they just kind of make some noises. A lot of which are farts. We get some reindeer farts right off the top. And I'm kind of mm-hmm. glad to see that at least. But the, the CG yeah. on these things moving is just, it's it's lazy to say the least. <laughs> like I get it didn't cost too much to make, but God damn, the, the legs barely move. It's really bad. A lot of the CG is bad. And you know, it's kind of, what do you expect? It was 1994, but uh, yeah, the, it's fine. You can get over it. At the it. same time, Jurassic Park came out like relatively close. A year to ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I don't know, man. Uh, maybe just uh, stop making your movie shitty he puts on the suit and the bag that has all the toys in it you know fills with presents it levitates him up and sucks him there's just some weird gumby like mr fantastic stretching animation here of him sucking into these mm-hmm. chimneys sometimes when he goes to houses if there isn't a fireplace one just materializes i'm not sure how i like that part of the santa lore but whatever well i don't know but i i, I grew up for a while in a in a place without a chimney and I was that was always a concern for me when I was a kid and I think my mom just told me Santa had a magic key that opened the door which is terrifying <laughs> 
in, in hindsight. In hindsight. In it, as a kid, I was like, oh, good. My presence will get here. No problem. But uh, in hindsight, knowing that uh, an old man has a master key to every building in the world, that terrifies me a little bit in hindsight. <laughs> Dude, speaking of terrifying, I think I might have developed some sort of weird new strange fetish watching Tim Allen, you know, materialize and stretch and gumby into these holes, these chimneys. Is something wrong with me? Yeah, uh, there is, but I understand. I'm also hot and bothered by watching Tim Allen just kind of <laughs> squeeze into things. Um <laughs> Oh, gross. But but this is when, yeah, Charlie's finally starting to love his dad for the first time. Yeah, like, he finally respects his father, which is fucking ridiculous. Again, he's a hardworking, successful businessman, Charlie, you fucking piece of shit. But I, I do want to, before we jump too far ahead, I do want to say I really enjoy Tim Allen yelling at kids. Like, that's if I'm going to say one thing about Tim Allen in this movie, when he yells at the little girl because he's lactose intolerant, uh, fucking hilarious. Keep it up, Tim. Yeah, he, he throws the doll at the tree. It's pretty good. Yeah, he's, he's, she's like, you're supposed to drink the milk. I'm lactose intolerant. I'm going to fucking take your toys away if you talk to me one more time. Sweet. And that first house, like, they stop at one house, and then instead of going to the house, like, next door, they go, like, a mile and a half down the road, I guess, to show that the neighbor, the reindeer can fly. <laughs> but it's like, I thought he went house to house. All, I, I don't know if they did all did the they houses. Do all the rest of the houses? <laughs> Weren't they in, like... I thought they like they're in New York. Or I think something or Jersey like that, or something or, like that. Illinois, maybe Jersey, Chicago. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, they said they had to go to Cleveland at one point towards the end of the movie. Okay. I, yeah. I don't fucking know, so uh, it doesn't matter. But uh, regardless, there must have only been like three houses left. I suppose, because, yeah, they're next, like, it's that night or early morning, they then arrive at the North Pole. Charlie never has any clothing on. This kid be would be dead. Like, <laughs> he's always in the Santa sleigh with a fucking just jacket and jeans on. Yeah, Tim Allen wanders around in, like, underwear and no socks for a long time, too. Yeah, it's pretty hot, dude, especially when he's all squishing into that super tight chimney. Oh, my God. Um. Anyway, yeah, your thoughts on the child elves, dude. So we arrive at the North Pole. Some fucking chody elf comes out and delivers a passcode, and, you know, the reindeer disappear, and they get sucked into what is this toy shop or, the you know, the F-Shack. I like the fact that it, it's something different because typically these roles are played by uh, little people, mm -hmm. but... I feel like... First of all, child slave labor. Oh, absolutely. But I like the fact that... Because, again, they're supposed to be really old, um, like hundreds of years old, but they still look like children. I like the fact that it kind of looks like everyone's happy and, you know, like the youthful energy of it all. It kind of adds to the, the childlike wonder. But at the same time, I have a lot of questions. Yeah, it, the aesthetic is pleasing in, like, the cinema way. But at the same time, I, you know, I've told you my thoughts on child actors, uh, you know... I'm not going to be little child actors right now, but I do hate it when they cast him to be condescending adults. That's true. I, I actually don't think that Judy, the one who plays his kind of slave elf at one point there, I think she's kind of cool. I, I actually don't mind that performance. Bernard. Yeah, and actually Bernard is, I do, I enjoy Bernard. He's okay in this movie. Um, but he, what's, what's the actor's name? I always forget the, yeah, actor. David, um, David Crumholtz. He's aw Yeah. He's awesome. Have you seen a recent picture of David Crumholtz? I have, dude. That guy has shifted yinged and yanged. Yeah. I remember oh, I watched him in Harold and Kumar the other day. I forgot he's in that. Mm -hmm. Rolly and Goldstein. Take a look at that 
Bernard and then go find a recent p- picture of him. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> right on. Well, he yeah, he's Bernard the head elf. And why doesn't he or anyone for that matter simply explain what the fuck is going on to Scott? Scott is is rumbling yeah, they around. They just there. continue on. They're like, oh my god, you haven't caught up with this yet, you fucking asshole. Scott is trying to figure out what's going on because the reindeer brought him back to the North Pole. And finally, after like a lot of yelling, Bernard pulls out the business card and shows him the extremely fine print that essentially says, uh, if you do put on the suit, which this card told you to do, uh, you're liable to become Santa Claus for the rest of your life. You give up your previous identity and lifestyle, and uh, you're going to do this until you die. That's paraphrasing, but that is essentially what it says. You've got 11 months to get your affairs in order, and you're due back to the North Pole by Thanksgiving. Like, holy shit. Yeah, Gotcha, bitch. And still at this point, Scott's like, ah, I don't know if I believe in all of this. And all the elves go silent or whatever. Yeah. Why? <laughs> what don't you believe in, buddy? Yeah. Hey, man, look around really quick. What the fuck? Like, what have you been doing all night? Do you think suicide would work? If he would have grabbed a gun immediately and shot himself, would someone yeah. else like just pick it up and go go on with it? Is that how it works? How many Santas have committed suicide, do you think? I don't know. I don't know. They are jolly by nature, but if it takes you 11 months to get there, that's t- it's tough to know. Um, but, yeah, I would imagine suicide does work. If a Santa can fall off the roof and die, I would imagine if Tim Allen put a gun to his head and pulled the trigger, uh, we'd get a new Santa Claus. I don't know, dude. What if he has rubber temples or something like that? Because what I'm thinking is they have such technology, I mean, and, and magic that makes him old in a second and makes him fat overnight. Like, what what's happening? Why, why does a fall off a roof kill him? Why isn't he immortal in the first place? Shouldn't he be immortal? He should be immortal. That is the bit. That is a glaring issue in this movie is because if he can just live forever and, like, put on all this obese weight, the doctor even tells him, like, yeah, you're in perfect health. So, like, he should be immortal. Why he would fall off a roof and die is beyond me. Um, but if his temples are rubber, to answer your question, he could always hang himself. Ooh, 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 ooh. Yeah, unless he's got a rubber neck, too. <laughs> Stop. Look and listen, baby. That's my philosophy. Fred Claus, rubbernecking Elvis Presley. It. Well, that's it for nostalgia. Be damned. Um, so yeah. they're t- he's taken to his room to sleep. And what's with Santa's room having weird like puppet shows and there's like kids toys everywhere? I'm not I'm not a fan of what they do with like Santa's personal life in this movie, I suppose. Yeah. Not- and there's a bunch of kid like people running around. And at one point, like the the little girl elf thinks Santa's hitting on him. She's like, oh, sorry, I'm seeing someone in rapping. Wait, are you fucking other people while you're here dude that's right now yes let's get into it right now because she mentions judy who's again is kind of like personal elf slave mentions her hot her hot cocoa recipe took her 1200 years to perfect and he goes oh well you look good for your age and she says thanks but i'm seeing someone in rapping let's unwrap that so she's at least 1200 years old maybe even 100 extra to get the recipe you know yeah i was gonna say probably probably way way older than that if i had to guess and she still looks like a child with what appears to be a childlike anatomy are these childlike elves boning do they even are they're not asexual that's what that's what's been determined by that line of dialogue is one they have not been they are they come from are they are they the children of like the original mr and mrs claus and if that's the case are they are they having sex with their 
cousins then like they're distant relatives i mean they have had like thousands and thousands of years to yes to sort of breed out of it i guess i don't know man i'm thinking the child stays at whatever age they are when their santa dies like you know what i mean like they're all replicas of the same like each each child is a is a product probably of one or two santas uh, or not one or two but one santa maybe one santa has a bunch of kids but when he dies mm. they all stay at that age for the rest of their lives because some of them are younger than others you know i don't know man yeah but that then that would make you assume bernard seems to be the oldest looking elf there he can't be older than like 13 are you saying then that a santa has not lasted more than 13 years <laughs> exactly that's exactly what i'm saying and that would make sense Jesus. why there are so many elves if they've been there for 100 1200 1300 years or whatever you know what i mean that leads yeah. me to believe that when he dies charlie will become an elf right jesus fucking christ well uh, all's well that ends well. That's pretty cool. But yeah, the next morning he winds up waking up in bed at his home. And so he thinks the entire thing was just some goddamn crazy ass dream. Charlie, meanwhile, has already opened all the presents. Dude, if my parents had come down and I had touched any of the presents wrapping, I, one, I wouldn't have gotten the gift and I probably would have been suffocated with a pillow or something. I mean, I'll be perfectly honest. My mother was always up before I was on Christmas. No matter what age I was, my mother was always the first one up. Yeah, well, my parents were too, or they'd no one had tried to sneak down and they'd fucking give me shit or yell at me or something. No, yeah. no, no, man. I, I'm saying my mom likes Christmas. Oh. Like, my mom likes Christmas more than you do. Oh, well, I mean, I'm, I like I enjoy Christmas, yeah. No, 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 no. My mom really likes Christmas. All right, I'll give her that. I mean, I'm sure she does. I wish she liked it more. would you fucking stop talking about my mother, please? I'm not even bringing her up, dude. I don't know what's happening. You keep your mouth shut. Oh, man. So Charlie thinks, yeah, he thinks this whole thing was real. And this is strange. So time is played with a lot here. I think it's the next day. But Charlie winds up embarrassing himself and his family at this career day. Because for the first time in his life, he kind of likes his dad and is proud of what he does. So he forces his dad to go to the front of the class and be like, hey, tell him all how you're Santa. And he's like, no, I make toys. I'm kind of like Santa. And the kid goes fucking omen and is like, no, tell them all about fucking Santa. <laughs> but no, I do have to get into this one devastating question that points to what I think is the darkness of the possible message being spread by this film. This little kid asks Santa after, you know, Charlie explains how his dad came to be Santa. He's like, so all I have to do to be Santa is shove you off the roof? (laughs) Dude, that is dark. Like, that's what they're saying, though. All you have to do is kill Santa and you put on his clothes and you'll be Santa. Like, that's a bad message to send to kids. Because then they just cut away from that. Like, the kid kid solved the riddle and the next scene, here we go. There can be only one. Exactly, dude. There can be only one. Fuck, we're creating a whole, like, generation of Highlander children destined to murder santa i mean what we're really doing is poking a lot of holes in this movie. <laughs> yeah unnecessarily so too because it's a fucking kids movie brandon and zach get over yourselves hey shut up that's not the point of this podcast if you don't like it get the fuck out yeah shut up twitter leave me alone dad in the guidance counselor's office though all the parents like kind of start talking about how this kid may be a psychopath and tim allen is undercutting all of it with these sarcastic jokes after every line that neil tries to deliver <laughs> like it's just constantly undercutting this guy's profession and lifestyle i was gonna say to be fair he's not a real doctor he's a he's a psychiatrist (laughs) you only have to go to like school for like 10 years for that 
more time has passed because, again, there's now no snow on the ground. So I'm assuming it must be spring. And Charlie continues to be obsessed with the North Pole. And finally, for whatever fucking reason, Scott hasn't thought to do this, but he bribes his kid with money to just be like, shut up, all right? Keep it a secret. Here's five bucks, all right? And for some reason, Charlie thinks, oh, maybe that will make us grow closer. Meanwhile, Scott is gaining like 45 pounds a week. Like, he's getting bigot. <laughs> Can you imagine the nightmare he's living, though? Like, if you woke up 45 pounds heavier one morning, it's just like, wait, what the fuck? If I woke up, looked in the mirror, and I was Tim Allen in my prime, and then like three days later, I'm fucking starting to turn into Santa Claus, yeah, like, of course I'm panicking. I don't blame this guy for panicking. Dude, he wakes up to these huge morning farts. I like that as well. It's like feet, shots of feet and you hear the big old belly farts. <laughs> like, okay, I know where I am. Yeah, a lot of directors would just choose to move on and just start the scene. Uh, but uh, real bravery on the part of the both the script and the filmmaker to, to, to add a fart in this scene. Uh, really brave, really bold filmmaking. Uh, and I, I like it. I give the movie a 90. What do you think, dude? Scott, um, he's eating a shit ton too this weight it starts to ruin his life because everyone at his job now thinks he's a slob and he's all gross uh i actually think this part's the funniest part of the movie and what might be my favorite part and it has nothing to do with christmas it's just him going through this like existential cronenberg body horror movie of his, his body sabotaging himself it is the best part of the movie and like i i was thinking about it while i was watching and like the the opening night the first christmas eve takes like almost a half hour to 45 minutes of of this movie. This is a strangely paced movie, I will say. Its act structure is weird. <laughs> and, like, I would have loved just the year following you've, you're becoming Christmas. Like, I would have loved that way more than, than just, like, the first half hour to 45 minutes of him, like, falling into legal entrapment. <laughs> Because that's what kids want. They want legal jargon in their kids, their holiday film. Get that bullshit done in 20 minutes and then just like another 40 to 50 minutes of him getting fat and ugly. <laughs> well, that's because the, the real message of this movie is becoming Santa is a fucking disease. Like that's what it's portrayed. We keep going off topic, but I have to bring it up. I, I was thinking it the whole time. Uh, what the fuck is the message of this movie? Is that Santa's real? Because Brandon brace yourself he's not so what's what's the message of this movie i don't get it i don't get it what like no you have to believe in santa claus if you believe in santa claus he's real that's not a very good christmas message laura and neil at this point think scott is deliberate <laughs> deliberately like sabotaging his body to make his son love him like purposefully getting fat uh which again that totally understandable too hilarious the, again, the implications of that is dark dude imagine if paul giamatti played this part holy shit What's the deal with Paul Giamatti? What anyway? is the deal with Paul Giamatti? All right, I'm going to pitch a movie to you. You tell me if you like it or not. Paul Giamatti in the Santa Claus trying to uh, impress his son, played by the incomparable Paul Dano. What are your thoughts? A lot of thoughts come to mind. First, Really off, good, right? I, no, really <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, obviously really good. I'm really uh, impressed by Paul Giamatti's former performance as Santa Claus in the incomparable Fred Claus. Did you ever see that one, dude? Mm -hmm. Vince Vaughn's Fred mm -hmm. Claus? Uh, No. Kevin Spacey's in it, so, you know, it's worth a watch now. Oh, yeah, so uh, it definitely won't haunt your dreams if you go back to watch it. I can't, like, in all seriousness, I don't want to think about fucking Kevin Spacey in a Santa Claus movie. <laughs> in your Christmas comedy? So, at this point, 
Yeah, Scott's hair is starting to silver. When he looks, when he's got his clean shaven look and he's heavy, he looks like Bill Clinton. That's all I kept thinking of was Bill Clinton. <laughs> but Bernard winds up shipping him fucking crates of mail. It's essentially the list of kids, I guess, to determine who's been naughty or nice. You know, you get it. We get this quick little shot of him walking down the street and he's like seeing kids go by. He's like, oh, you're a good boy, Robert. And oh, you've been bad, Noah, whatever. He knows the kid's name. By just sensing them? Is is he like fucking David Dunn unbreakable now? Does he have like a sixth sense where he can just p- see kids and know their name and their backstory? Close. I th- I like to think of him more as Bruce Almighty. He just like, he knows. Like, Ooh, he, he so he's God. And he just knows. Yeah, he's God. This is a movie about uh, killing God and then becoming God. We're finally moving along um, and... It, he's he's becoming fat and like at the minute he shaves his his beard grows back it's hilarious again i want more of this movie less of the christmas movie that i'm being presented more of the existential cronenberg crisis well we do get a little bit of that when he i thought was going to therapy sessions charlie but no there it's actually a custody hearing battle <laughs> and i, I want to talk about this scene too because the implications of it are fucking crazy if you're on a third party of this babe if you don't know what's happening in this movie and you're just an observer like you're an observer in the background you're thinking what the fuck is going on because they're at this kid's soccer game so it's got to be like in you know like either summer or fall and they're at this kid's soccer game and these kids are lining up to sit on this fucking weird dude's lap on a bench in the playground. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> and Charlie's mom and Judge Reinhold admittedly and understandably uh, freak out about this. <laughs> they're not happy about it. And this triggers like, dude, there's something wrong with him. Let's go ahead and have a quick little custody battle. Um, so they... Because the smart, responsible thing to do, it's the only responsible thing a parent does in this movie, is try and fucking get their son away from whatever Tim Allen is selling. So yeah, but they take him to an evaluator and or to a judge, and he talks to the judge, and Charlie fucking blows the secret, I want my $5 back, tells the judge everything that he thinks his, his yeah, dad is Santa Claus. Noob, dude. Knock. Yeah, and uh, the judge, again, does the responsible thing and just suspends his visitation rights. So heartbreaking. We also find out why Neil and Laura both stopped believing in santa claus with this stupid fucking bullshit of them who like, gives a shit get, who no, gives well, a shit no i want to mention it because it's also goes into their psychosis like you still hold on to this shit you remember this one like judge reinhold didn't get a whistle when he was three and now he doesn't believe in the christmas spirit or whatever yeah if anything it just kind of explained why i didn't get so when i learned santa wasn't real it just explained why i didn't get certain gifts like everybody has that one gift that they think about that they're like oh man i remember wanting that as a kid and i never got it for christmas mine was one of those fucking jeeps that you could drive around yeah like those toy jeeps sure oh yeah i know the ones that run on battery but they were fucking yeah they were just fucking ridiculously expensive of course i didn't get one of those and like not on a middle class budget bro and i was like i fucking remember telling santa at the mall and all this shit what the fuck santa and then like when i learned that santa wasn't real i was like oh it's because it was fiscally irresponsible that makes sense oh see i went a different way with that and i thought that when i found out santa wasn't real and my parents didn't get me those items that it was their fault and that they didn't love me and so i lashed out and now i don't talk to my family well you're partly right about about that um because while they don't love you i wouldn't say it's their fault it's probably yours you're laying the fault at my feet huh yes yes uh merry christmas brandon moving on 
Always stripping me bare. Uh, yeah, but yes, yeah, Scott's visitation rights are suspended. Pretty dope. Yeah, which is played out to be this sad thing. But honestly, again, it's just the right thing to do for this child based on like uh, what someone who doesn't know the situation is witnessing. It's just the right thing to do. But not to worry, movie, movie viewers, because while we're still listening to this voiceover of the judge telling him that he's lost his right to see Charlie, uh, he immediately goes over to the house to see the kid. So he breaks the suspension almost instantly. The mom and Judge Reinhold have had enough of this. They're like, dude, fucking Santa isn't real. Your dad's not Santa Claus. Get over yourself. Grow up. And uh, Charlie freaks out and, like, finally actually convinces his dad. Somehow this is the tipping point. I don't know why he wouldn't think, like, after the fucking naughty and nice list and being able to tell what kids want for Christmas and all this stupid shit and gaining 600 pounds in the last month and his hair growing white. No, this is the tipping point. He's like, oh, yeah, my son threw a temper tantrum. I am Santa Claus. Bernard gave me this snow globe, and if I shake it, you remember whatever I feel? Dad, please. By the way, can we also mention how funny it is that uh, that guy who plays Bernard plays like a over-the-top Jewish stereotype in the Harold and Kumar movies, but he's a, <laughs> yeah. but he's a Christmas elf in this movie. I think he's Jewish in real life. Oh, like Crumholtz, yeah, I think he's got to yeah, be. Yeah, Crumholtz, right? he's got to be. I don't know. If you if you know if Crumholtz is Jewish or not, write us to Nostalgia Be Damned. Either way, I'm a fan. I like his stuff on Numbers. Remember Numbers? Uh, no. Oh. Well, Bernard shows up to their Thanksgiving dinner, because it's Thanksgiving at this point, I believe, right? Or is this right before Christmas? Because he said he's due back in... Yeah, I guess... I. You know what? Again, the timeline is all messed up, because he said he was due back by Thanksgiving, but... And again, let me just play this out here. So he kidnaps his son. Yeah, Bernard, him, and Charlie fucking leave for the North Pole. They kidnap... Yeah, they kidnap him, but if he is gone between fucking thanksgiving (laughs) to december yeah to 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 christmas that's like an entire month of this kid missing i don't think so i think like they just fucked up the the timeline in the movie and they leave on either the day before christmas or uh two a couple days before christmas yeah it's got to be something like that i'd assume because meanwhile the police are making a full-on mockery of this missing child's case like oh he's dressed as santa but he does have a kid in his possession police but but a kid (laughs) has been stolen a kid has been stolen um but he looks like santa that's fucking hilarious charlie calls his mom and like in in one quick like without letting her say anything he's like hey what's up at the north pole everything's cool bye gotta go fixing the sleigh peace yeah if i'm the detective i'm looking at the mom and i'm like oh that that kid's fucking dead like for sure that was a, that was a recording <laughs> he's got stockholm syndrome yeah that yeah. was a recording uh he forced your son to do that he's fucking dead there's no way <laughs> again what if this was directed by like the cohen brothers that's what i wanted holy to see holy shit i just rewatched the big lebowski great movie anyway now i'm thinking about the big lebowski but yeah so they're they do a bunch of stupid bullshit like literally brandon i want you i'm gonna walk you through this i want you to tell me how this has any fucking impact in the movie whatsoever they have they give him like a new flame retardant suit they like deck out his sleigh with like radar and like hot chocolate machine the only thing that really comes into play is that he's apparently has a two-way radio in his santa hat now oh yeah dude and it's all set to sharp dressed man that's why yeah but 
why did we spend the last 10 minutes fucking going over all this stupid Santa gear that he's never going to fucking use? Why did the script dictate that, like, the way to boost our spirits back up is installing a GPS in Santa's sleigh? Like, I don't give a shit about this. Because every girl's crazy about a shop dress, man. That's why, dude. Yeah, Come on. You're, you've missed <laughs> the point of this entire rant, Brandon. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, Scott, yeah, they set off, right, to deliver the presents. They do the Santa thing. Uh, he's a different man. He's a lot nicer to kids now. It's not as funny. Um, it's kind of boring. But eventually he gets arrested because the the cops are, like, waiting for him at a house. <laughs> yeah, there's, like, a sting operation to get him because they know he's coming back to the scene of the crime, you know, Laura and Neil's house. And sure enough, once he does... This is hilarious. They There's like 10, 12, a dozen police officers there that take him out. And they all fucking leave, flashing lights and everything, emergency style. And they leave the kid on the roof. There's no one there supervising him. They just literally leave the kid alone on a roof. And like, and during the interrogation, they're just trying to like get him to say his name and it's like no the first question you ask is where's the fucking kid where is the kid <laughs> yeah. nobody knows where this kid is where's the kid <laughs> did you kill him is he buried somewhere why are you joking about this he's What's making in the all box? these What's in the box? yeah he's making all these jokes and like laughing in his interrogation it's like no dude where's your son where is your son? This may exist already, but yeah, a real like sinister cut of this scene set with some real Dark Knight like violins in the background. <laughs> Cellos could have really like boosted Where the intensity. <laughs> exactly. But also, it's also really funny to watch all the kids panic while the cops arrest Santa Claus. Fucking hilarious. Not a fan of this, however. And actually, I will go out on a limb and say I don't think I've ever been a fan of this. Even as a kid, movies like Catch That Kid and Agent Cody Banks, this whole elf SWAT team that gets assembled. <laughs> I've never been a fan of like technology and kids <laughs> yeah i'm glad you said this because it's another like st it's 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 elf ex machina is what it is <laughs> like there's no reason for this really at all um like this montage of the kids running with like ghostbusters backpacks like doing flips <laughs> doing bad cgi flips on wires and shit <laughs> and the and the little kid like they only one of these kids has a speaking role and he's fucking insufferable <laughs> don't worry we're the good guys like <laughs> oh, oh, you're yeah. a 90s kid you are yes, a 90s is. kid uh they use some uh. sort of magical like razor wire tinsel to break santa out of jail oh and they assault a police officer too oh yeah they do they do us oh yeah that's right they assault him yeah break right into the police department he brings charlie back home and finally leaves Charlie behind. And this is where Laura and Neil, Neil kind of believes for a second. And Laura, you know, full on's like, oh my God, their fucking minds are blown. They're staring at him. And then all of a sudden their eyes widen a little bit more. And they're like, hang on a second. Are you Santa? It's Santa. Like, yeah, your son's been saying this for the last 11 months. At one point. All right. I know like you think your kid's like mentally unstable here, but he has no prior history of that. After 11 months of this kid just constantly fucking talking about it. I think even I'd break down. I'd be like, you know what? Maybe that fucking guy's Santa. Like at one point, I'd just be like, I, you know what? I, it sounds ridiculous, but maybe the kid's fucking right. Maybe my ex-husband's Santa Claus. God damn it. Well, she finally believes so much so that she throws the custody papers in the fire. I don't think that's how that works. I think those are still legally binding. 
<laughs> yeah, if the cops come here, they will arrest your husband. <laughs> He's still in a system somewhere that they've got to take him out. Yeah, yeah. very yes, very much. Uh, this is still a legal issue. But, you know, <laughs> a legal thriller, absolutely. Yeah, this yeah, this man's mind has been broken down from uh, basically. This is the Twelve Years a Slave of Christmas movies um he's fucking tricked into becoming a slave and uh he's just trying to fucking do his best and he hands charlie the globe he's like hey charlie when you shake your ball dad will come oh yeah bernard fucking tells him that which you know thanks for fucking letting us know bernard and uh so he goes off to deliver presents charlie waits all of 10 fucking minutes before calling his dad back you selfish little prick Dude, this is hilarious because he leaves, first off, in the middle of everyone. I I don't know, because they've never once, they never once told him, hey, don't tell anyone about this. There's no sort of level of secrecy about Santa, which is strange to me. I thought there'd be some sort of like, oh, we shouldn't talk about this, but none of the elves, no one gives him direction. I don't, anyway, but he leaves in the center of town. Everyone's watching and waving and saying, yeah, goodbye, Santa. Charlie says something that I truly sinister right here. Neil says, oh, man, you'll make a great psychiatrist. And he replies, no, I think I'm going into the family business, implying he's going to have to kill his dad to assume the he's throne. He's going to have to kill yeah. his dad and become Santa Claus. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking that, too. Oh, man. Well, good for him. Charlie shakes the ball. <laughs> and uh, even though we just did this goodbye, like, literally a minute ago, they end up doing this again and like, hey, do you want to come to Cleveland with me or something? Yeah. The, well, the last 30 minutes I noticed were a lot of just like, I'm saying goodbye to you scenes. <laughs> and then there's another goodbye to you scenes. Oh, yeah. Like the last like 15 or 20 minutes of this movie just drags on because it's like everybody just coming to terms with what's happening, which I get it's a heavy fucking subject, but, you know, move on. As he's leaving, you know, Neil and Laura get their childhood dream gifts, and Charlie gets a fucking lame-ass soccer ball. Thanks a lot, Dad. Like, I wonder what other gifts kids are getting. But they fly off into the night, and uh, that's... Bringing Christmas cheer to the whole world, Zach. And two sequels that are pretty bad. That's Santa Claus, dude. What'd you think? (laughs) Well, dude, like, again, I know we mentioned at the top, but this really is a crackerjack of an idea. I I think that it's just a, a really... I can't say fun. I don't even necessarily think it's an all that entertaining it does have its uh, moments that are uh, quite clever i do really like that middle section uh where tim allen's really struggling with his body image and whatnot and i think tim allen despite us giving him like you know some shit this episode i think he's actually well suited for this role and while i may not like the character especially in the earlier parts of the film he is kind of a douche i i, I think he does a, a decent enough job with it and he's you know he he does the everyman role fine enough it's more believable here than with an arnold schwarzenegger like jingle all the way yeah, oh, you mean because he can speak English properly. Because he's a giant Austrian man. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Chicago. But, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I think this isn't, you know, a Christmas classic in my eyes. I can see why a lot of 90s kids would hold it in such high regard. I'll say that I will tip it maybe to just barely being fresh or on the verge. I think it's like a 55 to a 60 movie. It's something that like, yeah, I'll, I'll revisit every once in a while on a Christmas if I want to show someone something, if especially like kids maybe. It's it's an okay movie for them. Nothing's too risque. There are a bit of adult humor jokes here and there, but it's not like you know, <laughs> getting away with murder. Type yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I-, I think that if you're looking for a Christmas comedy, you could do a lot worse. Honestly, there's a lot worse Christmas movies out there that do this exact same thing. I'll say the sequels are prime examples of those. 
watch this one if you're going to watch any of them. But again, if you haven't seen the Santa Claus, I don't think you have to rush out to see it. Uh, but if you are a fan of this or were a fan of this back in the day, I guess it's worth a revisit. Uh, I agree with you. I, I it's you know. I, there's not a lot there for adults. There's a couple of good adult jokes, one or two. And I say a couple. I literally mean one or two. Um, it's There's not a ton for adults, but it's great for kids. It's not too stuck in the 90s. Like it, It's pretty timeless. Yeah. Um, I, agree, I, I agree with you. I think this is one of Tim Allen's more watered-down performances that he gave in that decade. And I think it kind of suits him well for the tone of this movie. I think a different actor may have either been too intense or not intense enough. So I, I think he's pretty good. It, it's just such a good idea of a movie. I, we talked about it uh, kind of jokingly, but it is true. There are just so many different ways you can go with the idea of an everyman just suddenly becoming Santa Claus. Disney got a hold of it. It ends up being a, a children's movie, and that's that's good. It's paced weird. There's a couple of weird filmmaking decisions that are made in terms of both you know plot holes and the way that this movie the act structure is you know it's not without its problems but i do think that it's a solid movie i'm going to agree and say it's roughly about a 65 i don't i won't say 75 because i've seen much better movies than this but if you are looking for a movie to show your kid shut him up for two hours uh you could do way way worse i probably won't rewatch it again but you know worth worth taken aback if you're nostalgic about it yeah i I would say it should be fresh i I will bump mine up to it to at least say it's a 60 i think it is a fresh movie and i guess when i look at this because all the movies really that i'm watching around christmas time for the most part there are a few outliers but they're all children's or family films so it comes down to really either if the, the the content itself doesn't appeal to me as an adult is it visually engaging are the themes you know something i can relate to around the holiday season or something and this one it is kind of a mix of both like it's just kind of you know meh on both counts yeah a good sort of uh standard that i take with christmas movies are is it better than this than one of the like 8000 uh different but same movies that Hallmark shits out every year. And I think this one is not much better, not much better, but I think in terms of, you know, something that a family with young children who probably still believe in Santa Claus enjoy, um, you know, it is what it is. Well, I certainly enjoy, or I believe I enjoy next week's selection. Before we get into that, though, is there anything you'd like to recommend or not recommend? What'd you watch this week, buddy? Uh, I actually watched two movies one i know you've recommended in the past another one i'm not sure you had i watched black Landsman uh this week uh very fun very nice yeah very good movie um so i'll just re-recommend that again uh but also sorry to bother you is on hulu right now and uh that movie's awesome it's uh <laughs> it's weird it's weird it was it was not not what i was expecting um i didn't realize coming into it that it was sort of like a weird alternate dystopian sort of movie my one criticism of it is that i think it fits a lot of messages and social commentary in it almost too much i i get that's the whole point of the movie but 
it just there are some points where I'm watching it and I'm like, okay, they're just they're, they're saying like four different things in a matter of two minutes about society right now, and it's often like something that they've already mentioned before. Um, but other than that, I think it's a really good movie. Learn about it before you go in to see it, and don't you know whatever you're expecting, don't expect it. But but definitely worth a watch. I got a chance to see The Favorite, that uh, new Yorgos Lanthimos one uh, with Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz, uh, Olivia Coleman. You know what? It's, again, similar to his other movies like The Lobster and Killing of a Sacred Deer. It's fucking weird, man. But I will say it wasn't quite what I expected, but I enjoyed it. I don't know if it'll make a top 10 list, but it was very good. A movie, the other movie that I'll recommend, I got to say is probably the most... I was the most surprised I've been in a movie theater all year. Like, I, just going from expectations, I had none to how much I enjoyed it, dude. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was pretty fucking good. I had almost no expectation going in just because I'm so burnt out with fucking Spider-Man and comic book movies in general. But, like, specifically, we've seen so much Spider-Man. I, even if, though I like the last version, it's fine. Like, it's good. But, like, I will say this may be my favorite Spider-Man movie. I mean, it's up there in the running for sure. Uh, check it out when it comes out. Yeah, it's pretty damn solid. I've been fascinated by the trailers of that movie. The animation looks fucking crazy. And I was worried it wouldn't sustain the whole movie or that I'd get, like, Speed Racer, like, colorblind to it all. And it, it really it holds its own it's it's a solid animation it could be a game changer yeah but i was genuinely uh kind of perked up because i also uh am suffering from pretty severe superhero fatigue i couldn't give a shit about the new avengers trailer just couldn't care less whoa Um, dude are you kidding me man yeah i mean i enjoyed i enjoyed uh the last avengers movie but uh i just i don't care that the new one's coming out right now you didn't lose your mind over like what that like 11 shots <laughs> yeah no weird right um didn't care about that didn't care about uh the new captain marvel even though that that looks uh I, that that movie looks like a return to form for marvel in terms of just like okay movies to me at some point no matter how good they are i mean again infinity war was great it's just there this just more <laughs> of the same stuff we've kind of seen yeah but anyway what i was saying before i kind of lost track of it uh i i was really intrigued by the idea of a spider-man movie that's not part of the mcu yes and they play to that advantage yeah and so i'm looking forward to that i love spider-man so i, I probably will try and catch that if i can and it being December, I think we're going to wrap out the month with maybe one or two more holiday movie selections. And next week, we're covering 1992's The Muppet Christmas Carol. Ooh, so excited for this. I love puppets. I am so I excited. I love puppets, man. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen Muppet Christmas Carol. I know uh, one or two people who like this is like, this is what they watch cr- come Christmas. This was, yeah, what I watched all throughout my childhood. Every single Christmas at some point, I'd watch this movie. So I haven't seen it in years, but I love puppets. I love the Muppets and Jim Henson and all that. So I'm really excited to, to revisit this one. Did you ever see the Happy Time Murders? Uh, no, because I remember when it came out, I got really excited. And then I saw one trailer and decided that I wasn't going to like it. Yeah, you're a good man. I I held that excitement as well (laughs) all the way into the theater and exited a defeated man. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm well. It's to me if it makes you feel better. It's just because I'm a judgy, cynical asshole. 
<laughs> well, thank you everyone for uh, listening to these judgy, cynical assholes. We appreciate it. If you want to, uh, you know, chat with us directly, shoot us an email at nostalgiabedamnedpod at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. And don't forget, you can listen to this episode and every episode of Nostalgia Be Damned at nbd.podbean.com, which is where we are originally hosted. You can also find us on the iTunes store and uh, other podcasting apps. I can't tell you which specific ones, but I know they're out there. Yeah, and we've got a handful of Christmas episodes already up on the feed. So if you're looking for some extra, you know, Christmassy NBD content, it is there. And uh, Zach, I just want to close you out with the last couple of taglines here, unless you had something else you wanted to shout, baby. Oh, I was just going to say you can feel nostalgic about watching or listening to old nostalgia be damn so uh, never mind the moments oh passed. The moments shit, passed. go ahead so much has changed so much has changed from those early early episodes there yeah, so i bet they're i bet they're yeah. bad i bet they're bad <laughs> oh probably the first few are horrendous but, oh you know, i have tried, listened to the kinda. first episode the first episode bad episode don't listen yeah to honestly i was episode. gonna say we're gonna not recommend that's a not recommend yeah, i that's see a, that's probably that's like our, a 30 percent right yeah, on the rock tomato meter yeah oh maybe lower maybe lower we should just redo space jam it's pretty bad we may have to do that for like a an anniversary episode or something <laughs> yeah anyway uh yeah go ahead and fucking end end this with your stupid tagline these are really bad they're just stupid generic taglines here we go you've never seen santa quite like this before okay okay it's thanks. beginning to look a lot like christmas dot 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 i guess i guess that's a tagline what? i mean what? this one really cuts to the plot real quickly what if your dad was santa claus <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, sure. And lastly, and my favorite, this Christmas, the snow hits the fan. Like shit? Yeah, what? Like shit hits the fan, but it doesn't rhyme at all? They're four letters and they start with S? I'm going to be nostalgic about an old tagline uh, that almost was the Twister tagline. It sucks. (laughs) Have a good one, everyone. Bye. I'm dreaming of a wife. Christmas, just like the ones I used to know.